लेट नाइट कॉन्वर्सेशन The time is 20 minutes uh, to 11. A-team is at 11 o'clock. Let me remind you that uh, we are going to have the final news bulletin. And straight after that, we get into closet conversations. Right now, it's time for us to look at uh, the issue of COVID-19 and uh, that of the future of social protection, especially when it comes to food security and children's nutrition. The number to interact with us on is 011-714-2006 or you can SMS on 41391. WhatsApps go to 0614-104-107. I'd like to welcome our guest, Laurie Lake, who is an editor of the 2020 South African Child Gauge and Communications and Education and education a specialist at the Children's Institute, UCT. Thank you very much for joining us, Laurie. It's a pleasure, Patricia. Very nice to be here. Laurie, COVID-19 has really exasperated and worsened many of our plights as uh, South Africans. And one of those plights is that of food security. Could you take us through where we currently are when it comes to food security and especially for our children? Mm, I would like to perhaps start a little bit further back in time, just to give um, our listeners a sense of the challenges that children were facing even before COVID-19 kicked in a year ago. Um, So if we look at the situation of very young children in South Africa, um, back in 2016, one in four children under five were stunted. Um, Stunting is a sign that children are too short for their age, Um, And not only is their physical growth stunted, but also their cognitive development, their ability to learn at school, their ability to um, earn as adults, um, and their economic productivity. At the same time, 2.5% of young children are wasted or acutely malnourished. Um, And whilst that's a very small percentage of children, we know that severe acute malnutrition is one of the key drivers of under five mortality in South Africa. Um, So malnutrition is not just about children thriving and going on to fulfill their their full potential. A child who has not got enough to eat um, is also at at, at risk um, in terms of survival. Um, and then thirdly, we, we are seeing very high levels of micronutrient deficiencies. Um, and very often that's described as a, a hidden form of hunger. Um, so the children look well, they appear to be growing fine, but they're missing some of the essential nutrients that they need um, to protect their health, to protect them from infection, um, and to support their cognitive development. Um, So we see 44% of young children who are vitamin A deficient, um, 45% deficient in zinc, 25% deficient in iron, 15% deficient in iodine. Um, So also a very real concern um, around hidden forms of hunger. And yet South Africa is not just concerned with, with children who are experiencing undernutrition, who are not getting enough food to eat or not getting enough quality food to eat. Um, over the last 
sort of 10, 20 years, we've seen a, a, a significant increase in overweight and obesity. So one in eight children under five are either overweight or obese, and that's more than double the global average. Um, and we know that that figure increases almost exponentially across the life course, especially for adolescent women or adolescent girls and, 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 and women. So 28% of adolescent girls are overweight or obese, 64% um, of adult women. And, and this is part of what has been driving this, this massive epidemic of non-communicable diseases. Um, diabetes, heart disease, certain forms of cancer um, in our adult population, which comes at a, a huge cost um, to the individual, to their family, um, and to South African society as a whole. So even way, way before COVID kicked in, we were deeply, deeply concerned about the food security and nutrition of South Africa's children. Um, and perhaps I should just also sort of give you a sense of why we're seeing um, such high levels of malnutrition in in South Africa. Yes, definitely. Because we're a, you know we're we're a high middle income country. Um, there are lots of other countries with a similar um, GDP who are, are are doing far better than we are. Um, and and one of the key drivers um, of malnutrition in South Africa is the very high levels of inequality in, in, in our society. Um, you know, very often in, we, we tend to focus on the individual and we say, well, you know, if only, if only she ate the right kinds of food and sort of healthier food, more nutritious food, had enough exercise, then she would be fit and healthy and we wouldn't have this malnutrition problem. It, it, it's all to do with um, the way mothers raise their children or the poor food choices that we make. But for many, many caregivers and children, there is no freedom of choice. Um, we're looking at 60% of South Africa's children living in poverty. We're looking at 30% who do not have water on site, so they do not live in an environment where it's easy to to keep children healthy. Um, and we know that you know a child who has frequent bouts of diarrhea will become malnourished. Um, so, so we need to look at the child's living environment. Um, we know that one in ten children are living in a household where there's no electricity for cooking for running a, a refrigerator to keep food safe and, and, and healthy. Um, and then one in five children are traveling more than half an hour, whether that's by foot or by car, to reach a healthcare facility. Um, so we're seeing these patterns of, of, of disadvantage um, really becoming concentrated in, in certain households and, and limiting children's potential, um, limiting their nutrition, limiting their health, limiting their education.
But um, uh, Laurie, on, on the other hand, someone could come in and say, well, you know, what more can be done? Already the, the government is putting um, forward free public health care. So to deal with things like a deficiency in vitamin A, because children at a certain age continuously get vitamin A, deworm for free at public health facilities. And then they'll say in the budget speech that we heard yesterday that there was a 30 rand increase to social grants. Would this not be able to then assist those in these communities? And this is obviously not my view, but I'm looking at it holistically to say what more can be done if the government is already putting forward uh, such programs to assist those who are suffering from um, these uh, food insecurities. So I think we have have a whole range of programs that look or policies that look very good on paper. we we have immunisation and linked to immunisation should come things like growth monitoring, so we're keeping track of children's growth and development. Um, we have vitamin A supplements that kick in um, in the first five years of life. But what we're seeing is that the coverage of those core interventions is low. Um, so there's a, a gap between the, the policy design and intent on the one hand and implementation on the other. Um, and I would like to sort of pick up a little bit later, perhaps in the discussion, around the, the um, budget speech um, and what that means for children and their food security, in particular the, the very, very small below inflation increase to the child support grant. Um, But it might be useful maybe just to unpack a little bit more um, around what the impacts of COVID-19 have been. So we've we've talked now about how, in a sense, children's nutrition was already um, in a state of crisis um, Mm. pre-COVID-19. Then what we saw with COVID-19 is we saw the closure of schools and the National School Nutrition Program, which feeds over 9 million learners with a nutritious meal each day. We also saw the closure of ECD programs, um, which also provide a, a measure of food support through the ECD subsidy. We saw the disruption of routine healthcare services um, so what, what happened with COVID-19 is we responded to what we saw was an adult epidemic, an adult disease. Resources within health got diverted from children's care to adult COVID care. Um, and then we also saw how health workers themselves were, were um, infected with COVID, where clinics closed where people were too scared to even seek healthcare services. Um, And by April 2020, our immunization rate had dropped from 81% to 61%, um, which is hugely, hugely concerning because that means that children, there's not a sufficient herd immunity to protect children from a range of infectious diseases such as as measles, but it also means that all the other routine services, um, such as health promotion, um 
It seems uh, we're having issues with our lines. Uh, we've lost uh, Laurie there, but we will definitely try and get her back. A-teamers, let me just remind you, we're talking COVID-19 and um, the scourge of food insecurity in South Africa and what it has done to us and to our children. And obviously, um, Laurie is going to take us through the budget speech as well, how it will, um, the 10 rand increase for child support and foster care grants is going to affect those children positively. It seems Laurie's back on the line. A-teamers, you can also join in uh, as we have this discussion on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 0614-104-107. Laurie, you're back on the line. Mm, sorry, I, I think I got a little bit too enthusiastic. <laughs> um, so, yes, so we saw a fundamental disruption of, of healthcare services, which are, as you, as you said earlier, designed to promote optimal nutrition. Um, and then we've seen a massive rise in food prices. Um, so the Peter Maritzburg Economic Justice and Dignity Project, they track food prices or the, the price of a basic food basket at community level. Um, and they saw a 14% annual increase in the price of that food basket between November 2019 and November 2020. On top of rising food prices, we've seen a significant rise in unemployment with um, an official unemployment rate of 32.5% in the final quarter of 2020, and it can be expanded unemployment rate. So those are job seekers who who have become discouraged. They're no longer even looking for work. Um, then we're looking at an expanded unemployment rate of 42.6%. Um, and we know that the, the, the bulk of that unemployment, the worst effects of that unemployment have been felt by women. Sure. Uh, Laurie, let, let's get into the issue of the budget speech with the last couple of minutes that we have left. The um, child support grant and uh, foster care grant has gone up by 10 rand uh, from the budget speech. And you, you said you take us through how this will impact on the children who much need this. Yeah, so there's the, already there was concerns. There have been concerns for 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 many years around the value of the child support grant. And so at the end of last year, the grant was valued at 450 rand per child. Um, and that's equivalent to 15 rand a day. Um, and with 15 rand a day, you maybe you can buy possibly a loaf of bread or a liter of milk. You, you, you can't buy both of those things. Um, and, and that 450 rand falls way below the food poverty line um, of 571 rand per month. So essentially, if you're living in a household where the only money coming in is a child support grant of 450 rand, that is not enough even to meet the nutritional needs of the child. Um, but we know that if, if, if a caregiver is qualifying for the CSG, then the chances are that there isn't sufficient money coming in to support the nutritional needs of the caregiver either. Um, 
So even pre-COVID-19, even pre this massive rise in feed price inflation, households with women and children were already struggling um, and not able to make ends meet. Um, and what we've seen um, from the NIDSCRAM data is we've seen um, stories of, of, of adults trying to shield their children from hunger. So we've seen close to 50% of households in early lockdown not having enough money to put food on the table, running out of money for food. Um, and yet those same households have attempted to shield their children from the worst effects of hunger. Sure. Uh, Laurie, I need to go to Anonymous here. Anonymous, uh, please give us uh, your comment uh, in a short uh, a snapshot version, please. Okay, yeah, I just want to see, uh, say to good evening to your guest as well. Uh, uh, just to say, Patricia, you know, uh, people who got ten runs, it's, you can't do nothing with ten runs in this in this agent time. And you know what? The, the pensioners got thirty runs to buy two loaves of health bread for seven days. It's thirty-two runs or thirty-three runs. If you're buying health bread, if you're buying the oddly cheap land bread, it's a different story. And she's right. With 15 runs, you can't buy. Your gift is 100% correct. With 15 runs, you cannot buy anything with 15 runs. Because sugar is so expensive, you need sugar. You need milk. You need bread. Children need milk for healthy bones and, you know, for health purposes. And what can you do with that money? Right? I, think if, I, I think they're not working their budget properly. You know, and, and plus they're giving the foster care more, they're giving the child support less. There's no balance in, in, in what they um, are, are, are giving to every other person. And a grantee, when a person who's a pensioner who's living alone, and if you have pay, uh, 1,000 rands goes towards your light, water, telephone, whatever, all your accounts, with that and everything else. And you must know your, your, your petrol price is going up next week. Everything else is going to go up. As it is, it's three times high. You know, in the COVID-19, we had to pay tomatoes, 18 rand a kilo. When it, uh, some stores, 12 rand a kilo, some stores, 18 rand a kilo. Just shut up just like that overnight. Right? And it's not going according to inflation. And now light account is also going to go up 15%. Plus 15% VAT is 30% on it. Now you can imagine what the grantee is going to live with, with, with 30 rands increase. 30 rand increase, 1,000 items are going to be increased. Where would that 30 rand be to the 1,000 items that are increased? Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Anonymous. Uh, Laurie, uh, just give us your um, closing remarks. Yeah, so I think she's, she's, she's hit the nail on the head. Um, if we look at the grant system, um, it's really skewed against children. Um, the, the, the pensions, the disability grants are far more substantial um, so there's a real question, you know, even 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 before COVID-19, around why are we cho- why are we selling children short? Why are we failing to invest in children's nutrition, their health, and development? And why, when we're creating a budget that is meant to put children at the centre of our efforts, as 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 President Ramaphosa said in his response to the State of the Nation address, he said, we are going to put children at the center of our efforts. So why have we landed up in a situation where there is only a 10 rand increase to the child support grant? That's a 2.2% increase, way below inflation, um, and way below the kinds of increases that we've had in the past. Um, And at what cost?
for children today, for the adults they will become tomorrow, and the next generation of children. Laurie, thank you very much for uh, giving us perspective on this. Have a good evening. Thank you so much.